computer. And good morning. It is Team Inspired here. And what a wonderful day it is, ladies. Good morning. Good morning. How are we good doing? Morning. So as I was preparing for the session this morning, I was realizing that I was doing full hair and makeup for an audio call that no one can actually see me. Um, are you, I noticed that you both look absolutely- <laughs> I, I, um, well. I put lip gloss on and did my hair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, we'll make up. better with lip gloss. Yeah. Well, I think it's one of those things that, um, and we're gonna dive a little bit deep into the words of others that have either inspired or fired us up today. And one of the things as I was getting myself ready for this chat this morning was, you know, always looking your best because it makes you feel your best. And so for me, putting on makeup and curling my hair and getting that lip gloss on, Stacey, um, it really, I think, makes you feel good inside. And then I feel like I'm ready to go and attack the world in a real positive way. Um, my, our girlfriend, Michelle, told us this great story one day um, about this is when she was working downtown in San Francisco. And, you know, she was always the gal that kind of dressed to the nines. And so one day she wasn't really feeling herself and she put on these god awful brown pants and went to work. And that particular day, for whatever reason, happened to be the day that she got the call for like the Gucci, like designers. There was some big event uh, downtown in San Francisco. And here she was showing up in those brown pants. And she never forgot those god awful brown pants and how embarrassed she was. And she would always tell us girls, ladies, you got to dress like you don't know what the day's going to bring because you really don't. And you always want to look you know, your best. And so even if I'm at home, I try to, you know, I mean, there are days, yes, where let's be honest, you're not putting it together. Um, but for the most part, I find that just for myself, putting on a little blush and like lip rouge, as my grandmother would call it, uh, <laughs> you know, makes a girl feel good. What do you guys think? The travel, the traveling brown pants. Right? <laughs> totally. Um, I, well, I, it builds the confidence. Yes. So I, I if you're a little bit more confident. I think there's something to that for sure. And it's, I do think though, that's outside. Like I, there's a lot happening inside too, right? That can inspire us or fire us up, inspire up or fire up. Um, I earlier this week had done a video session with a coworker for International Women's Day. That the, the, my company was doing a video for International Women's Day. And so he was interviewing me for this video. And, and one of the things he asked me about was challenges you know, hurdles that I had to overcome. And I think for him, he was expecting more of a, more of an answer of, well, I had to, I had to, you know, get into this job and prove myself. And then I had to fight for this promotion. And I had to, you know, and, and the answer he got was all very kind of the hurdles I had to overcome were, were doubts that were instilled in me by other people I worked with, right. By the words they used. And and it went all the way back to my very first job out of college. I worked for a brokerage firm up in Seattle where I had worked uh, my, the whole time I was in college. Like every summer when I went home, I would go work for these people. And then they hired me full time when I graduated. And when I left there, I left for a hedge fund job in California. And uh, the manager, one of the top managers of the firm when I was leaving sat me down and said to me, um, you'll never make it because you're a woman in a, you're, you're a woman going into a man's world and you're too nice. Oh my God. And that yeah. was 30 years ago. And those words have still stuck with me. And by the way, it was a woman who said that to me. What? 
which in hindsight actually seems even more surprising. And I have a lot of respect for this woman. I don't think she's alive anymore, but I have a lot of respect for this woman. I had a lot of respect for, I still do. And it occurred to me, those words that, that they stay with you and they, they can inspire, they can fire you up to, to prove wrong, but it can also really bring you down and cause a lot of self doubt. And I think 30 years later, I still carry around some of that self-doubt from this woman who was very successful in her own right. And I had a lot of respect for her and I was in my early twenties and just launching my career. And then for her to say that to me, uh, I think, you know, it was, it was interesting when he asked the question, I feel like 30 years later, it was far more damaging than I think I even realized. Yeah, that is so uh, hurtful when somebody that you look up to and um, that inspires you in other ways, then turns around and tells you something completely negative about yourself or your work or something like that. My um, experience with that is, you know, I was very young. I was married to my high school sweetheart and I became a cosmetologist because it's something that I love to do. And along the way, he kept telling me that cosmetology was not a profession. It was like a cop-out kind of job. You're never going to make it in this business. You're never going to make money. You're a moron. I mean, the list went on and on of everything he told me. And so to Stacy's point, it fired me up to say, you know what? I'm going to prove you wrong. And it's taken me, you know, 30 years of doing it, but I've stayed in the business. Most people who you know, fall off and, and have to go do something else, do it within two years. So once I made it past that two year mark, I'm like, I have something here. I am definitely okay with this. And then it also ties into Samantha's story about putting yourself together every day. Sometimes I have to do that for myself just so I feel confident, you know, walking around in my sweatpants, going to the supermarket or doing whatever, because that self-talk that, that was kind of given to me by someone else uh, keeps playing over in my head. And so I have to keep proving it to myself that I know what I'm doing, but um, it, it kind of fired me up and it continues to light that fire under me and make me prove every day that I'm, I'm doing you know what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm sharing my knowledge with others and making people feel beautiful from the inside out. So I love, and your cat, your cat agrees because the cat is, the cat is, the cat is meowing. You know what? I think it's very interesting going back to what Stacy was saying is that, you know, you're too nice and in business. And I think even just in life in general, when a woman is upfront, honest, bold with her statements, you know, she becomes somewhat of a bitch or somewhat of, you know, somebody that's maybe a little bit more rude. Um, and it's kind of an interesting dynamic as far as a, a descriptive term, you know, being nice versus being too tough or too bitchy. Um, because really what it boils down to is different people like to be communicated with in different ways. So like myself, I'm a very like logical black or white, yes or no kind of gal fleece. You're very similar to where like you can talk dirty and down it and like give us the, the facts and like, I'm going to be okay with it. Um, where other people you, you need to kind of have these more you know, warm and fuzzy, like, let's look, not get to the chase till the end of the conversation. And so I think what my rebuttal back to that statement, you know, 
many years ago for you would have been, it's, it's more about just having the dialogue and knowing how to communicate with the audience to get the desired result. Um, and sometimes, you know what, some of the things that people don't want to hear, they need to hear and that's okay. Um, but also being nice about things and being compassionate is also not a bad thing. And I think women get this rap for being, you know, these sensitive, emotional beings. It's like, no, we're just a little bit more in tune and we can really have empathy towards situations to where, you know, a lot of men do too, but they're not able to, like, it's not part of their, you know, socially accepted behaviors to, to be in those roles. Well, and I, I think it's interesting because I think there's a, oddly, there, there's a big difference in especially in a in a professional setting between being nice and being kind and i think you know it's interesting she said you're too nice that sort of sat with me like a lead balloon right still sits with me right and then i think if she had said you're too kind it, uh I, I almost think it's uh to, to be too kind or to be to be a kind person in business or in life or whatever kind sort of um, uh, allows for action and motivation and nice is just sort of, nice just sort of sits there. I, 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 I don't, it feels different to me. Well, I think if you're kind, your, your people are more motivated to move in the way that you need them to move or that you, you know, you wanna to move together. Where if you're just kind of a, a dick all the time, you know, nobody's going to want to do anything for you. And that's to go with anything. You know, if you notice like when you make a phone call or you're at the grocery store and you see someone just being rude to someone in the customer service or the teller or whoever, like that person's not motivated to do anything for you because you're being rude. But if you're yeah. being kind and you approach it with like, Hey, you know, like it, again, it goes back to that learning how to communicate to get the desired yeah. result. Um, you're what is it? You always attract more flies with honey than vinegar. Is that what it is? <laughs> My mom says that. Um, but it's, I think. Get more, get more bees with honey. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Something like that. Um, but does, I, I, does vinegar attract flies? I didn't, I didn't I don't know think that. Vinegar attracts anything. No, I, think. I don't think it does. I think it's just bees with honey. We'll, we'll work on that one. <laughs> we'll get back to you on that. Yeah. Google that. It's so, Somebody Google that. It, it's so funny because the kind and nice there are different words. And my husband and I just had this conversation about East Coast versus West Coast. And he read it somewhere, um, which I'm not sure where, but he said that East Coasters are kind, but they're not nice. Like they say things bluntly and they do things, but they're kind people. They, they don't mean anything by it. But Californians are nice, but not kind. People will be nice to your face, but then they're not necessarily kind in the meaning. And I've been thinking about that for a long time. Like, is that really true? And sometimes, sometimes I find it is true because um, just in that I have to live with somebody from the East Coast. And <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I find myself like, oh, well, he doesn't really mean, you know, he's, he's kind in his words. But, but they don't come out nicely. And so I think we have to really be careful how we say things to each other based on the way that we were raised. I was raised in California. I'm nice to people all the time, but I guess sometimes the truth hurts or you try to tell somebody, you give somebody a tip or something like that and then, and then it's cutting. So I wonder if, you know, my ex-husband, <laughs> 
he was obviously not kind or nice, but uh, <laughs> I just so he's midwest or I like wh where's the middle ground of n having neither? Yeah, like how how can you uh, inspire people and be both kind and nice? Like I don't, but they are different. If you really they, they think are about different, it. and and how weird to live in a world where somebody's telling me I'm too nice is actually. Like in, in that context, it was insulting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've been told that in business too. I've, I've tried to run big salons with other stylists where they're independent contractors and I'm just too nice. So they walk all over me. It's like, yeah, why is, why is nice insulting in business? I don't know. I think it's because it's it's one of those terms that maybe you could be taken advantage of um, and like women are nice, men are tough, you know, kind of thing. And, you know, a woman in a powerful role sometimes, you know, has to put on a different hat, I think, in, in like, you know, you look, I'm kind of thinking of I think of that's more, true. Get, yeah. To get respect, to, yes. to earn, to earn the respect, not to Which, just get it. You have to earn it. But um, is being nice in business, just it, people don't respect that? I, I think being kind I kind in business, is that respected? But I think that in business, to be respected, you need to be both kind and nice and approachable, but also tough and also able to have those conversations that, you know, uncomfortable conversations, um, whether it's someone's performance or, you know, having to have, have a conversation with somebody that's not pleasant. And those are things that aren't nice. Um, those suck, you know, they suck to have, they suck to give, they suck to receive. Um, it's just, there's nothing good about it. Um, not all ends of those. Yeah. They're not fun. But you know what's interesting is like, um, it's funny how some people don't like to have, like my husband, and he'll probably kill me for saying this, but he is a conflict like deflector. He does oh, not non confrontational like, management. He does not like to <laughs> That's have a conversation. That's right? me too. I'm right there with PJ. He will avoid <laughs> it like the plague. He's like, well, you know, or, you know, he'll get off, he'll do it. But it like, I mean, it's a hard thing for him to do. Where me, I'm like, Give it to me. Let's go. I like. Let's just rip the bandaid off and have the conversation. Because to does, know, does I, he take the uh, does he take the scenic route to get there? Oh, it's like the scenic. Like Forty five like minutes later, you finally tell somebody that you're letting them go. The multiple options. It's like I feel when it's you know if someone's wronged you or stole from you or or done something like that's an easy out. But if it's just a performance or a, a difference of personality, I mean those are tough conversations and you know, it's, it, that is a not nice place to be. And a lot of people don't like that, but I feel like women, like we can have those uncomfortable conversations because, you know, we can, we could figure out again, how to communicate. It, not that men don't, but maybe just our dialogue method is different. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I think it's also, it's an individual because I, I don't like conflict. So I will try to avoid it. And I've been called passive aggressive. I don't know if, you know, I'm trying to be very kind and nice and say something in a way that's not gonna hurt someone's feelings, but get them to kind of do the right thing or what I think is the right thing. And um, yeah, so now I'm passive aggressive. So I, I don't know. I can't win. <laughs> no. I'm the kind of person, like, I just gotta say how I feel and what it is. Like, I'm never been the kind that is like, it, it kills me when people will sit and like say all this stuff about others and then they will never say it to someone's face. 
where I'm the kind of gal that's like, you know, I'm just going to tell you how I feel. And nine out of 10 times, like it gets me into trouble and like, it's, it's not perceived, but it's like, for me, I would rather just say it and how I feel and get it out. And everybody knows where we all stand. Um, Cause I feel like, you know, clearing the air is for me, it's like, it doesn't feel like a confrontation. It's just more of a, like a discussion or yeah. dialogue. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe it's something I got to work on. It's I prefer so I, that when somebody's talking to me, I prefer them to be straight up with me. Yeah. I don't know. Well, and I think if you, you know, the words you choose, it, uh, the words you choose and the way you approach it, there's a lot of different directions you can go with it, with a direct conversation. There's a, there's a lot of ways to approach it. And I think, um, I think the word words have a lot of meaning. And uh, I think a lot of people forget that sometimes. And, you know, I'll go back to the, you know, 30 years ago, this was a, you know, this was a two line sentence, right? But those words were powerful to my 22, 23 year old self. Um, they stay with you, right? So, yeah. I, you know, I, I think in hindsight, having had that conversation earlier this week and, and taping this other video, it's, it's made me really aware that I need to be really conscious about the words I use because they, those words can stay with somebody else for 20, 30 years and can either lift them up or be a detractor, right? And um, so I, there, there's, a, there's a level of cautiousness that I, I think I didn't sort of wholeheartedly understand until literally just the other day. Mm -hmm. And think about like, if you weren't in that, you know, role of having that strong sense of self at that age, I mean, think about how that, comment could have just totally debilitated you and been like, you know what, like, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to pr go pursue something different. Um, you know, it really could have had a different type of impact on you. I remember um, Michelle, again, with the brown pants, said something to me, um, the very first, uh, and I've actually every, every day this week, I've been posting something about the magical women in my life and how they've inspired me during Women's Month, right? So one of the things I posted was about her, and how the first night I met her, we were walking down, stumbling down Townsend Street in our, in our stupid shoes after a night of uh, heavy drinking. Uh, but I remember being 25, moving to San Francisco, not knowing anyone or anything and being all, you know, consumed with like, had I made the right decision? And she had said to me, you know, you can and will have it all, but you need to be the one that makes it happen because no one's going to make it happen for you. And as a young woman, you know, that, that's a, that was like a big statement. But then as I found myself sitting downstairs in the loft, you know, because I'd moved and I, you know, had left my office in LA and everything, uh, my phone wasn't ringing and nobody was coming to see me. And so at that moment, those words kind of were in the back of my head. We're like, okay, you know what? Like the phone is not going to ring unless I make it ring for me. And so I, you know, started get out there, network, do what I do. And, you know, slowly but surely kind of made my, my stake in San Francisco. But those words always stuck with me. Like the phone isn't going to ring on its own. Like you got to go out there and, and make it ring for you. And that's, you know, those are words I live by. That's awesome. I mean, you know, sometimes we meet people along the way who say little nuggets like that, that you can like, okay, I've got to make it happen. Nobody else is going to do that. And, uh, it can be more powerful than the ones that try to take you down along the way. And uh, I think, I think that's true um, for a lot of women, especially because, you know, as we grow up, 
you know, now is such a great time because women are getting more power and more um, inspiration from other women these days because people are speaking up and, and trying to inspire more women to do the right thing. Um, and I, I love that, that your friend, you know, reminded you of that and that you still, still think about that today. Um, well, and I can... think we, uh, we in our positions and, and women in general in our positions, uh, once we get to a certain point in our life, whether it's career, family, volunteerism, whatever it is, we have an obligation to reach out and bring others along with us and clear that path for them and give them the words that will inspire them to get them there and not be the detractors. And, you know, our, our decision process throughout our lives is different than men's. A lot of times we have to make decisions that men don't, whether it's because of family, kids, education, whatever it is, uh, doesn't mean we can't get where we want to go. It just means that the path may not be as linear as mm -hmm. somebody else's. It may be a little meandering, but we'll get there. And in the process to be able to clear the path for somebody else and to, um, to show them the opportunities and to bring women along with us, to bring younger women up in the business, to bring younger women up in, in life and volunteer work. If they want to head a large nonprofit, if they want to have a family of 10 kids and giving them, showing them that they can do all that. I mean, but um, I would really deter 10 children. I think two <laughs> to four is kind of a comfortable, bold amount. Unless you're, of course, a Baldwin, then, you know, you can do whatever you want, right? Well, yeah, I mean, ten, in my world, 10 is about eight too many. But <laughs> some people, uh, that's, that's their, that's that's their, their goal. And God love them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Not mine. <laughs> I, yeah, I can do it. But, um, but there is a level of obligation. And, and when I think back to that conversation, uh, I feel like, I feel like I'm not going to name her, but I feel like she had an obligation to support me and give me the words to point me in the direction of success. And she mm -hmm. had that opportunity to do that. And she didn't take it. Mm -hmm. I, um, I drove to LA yesterday and I was in the car for quite a long time and had a call from a, a friend uh, a mom and she's a daughter of my, her daughter's with, in the same class as my daughter. Anyway, so she's in this position where she's like, you know, Sam, I'm, I'm hating my job. I'm miserable. And I've decided I'm going to quit my job today. And I'm like, Hey, you know, that's great. Sure. So we start chatting about it. And, you know, I had the words that always were in my head were like, you don't quit your job until you have another job. Right. And so I was feeling that I, I needed to tell her that was like my words of, having um, this advice for her that I thought would be really kind of moving. And so I, I, I said it to her and she goes, you know what though? I literally cannot be in this position anymore. And so we kind of dug deep on that. And I said to her, you know, how great it was to be in a role where you felt empowered enough as a woman to be able to make that statement and be able to say, I don't like this job for me. I don't like this moment for me. And then what I said, well, when you move into this next sphere, whatever that's going to be, you know, you need to be able to make the decision to understand that the phone's not going to ring for you. Like you're going to need to go out there and make the phone ring. And so those were my little nuggets that I felt were good for her to be able to, you know, move forward on this next chapter. I don't know. 
that, that was kind of like what I was vibing on. Yeah, I think there's a lot to that. And, uh, you know, like I said, it was, it was just, it was a very, uh, it was a very uh, eye-opening conversation that I had. But I'll tell you what was even more interesting was, was that the gentleman who was videoing me this week for that video, his reaction to it. It was very funny. He, he, um, he's like, I, I can't, and, and I think I was third of three women that he was interviewing for this video. And he was, uh, he was genuinely, genuinely surprised about some of our answers to these questions and what we had to, what we had to overcome and what we had to go through to get where we are. And he's a younger gentleman. And, but it was, it was interesting. It's like, he had no idea, and he had his words, not mine. He had no idea that stuff like that happened in our world. <laughs> I think we're finding that a lot right now as I'm listening to stories <clears throat> on the news and stuff of, of women, women of color, people coming out and what they've had to overcome to get where they're going. Other people, especially men, don't always understand that. And uh, it's pretty amazing that... Um, now is such a strong time for women to be able to explain that and to, to come out and show their confidence and their determination to kind of get uh, through some of these barriers that have been built over many, many years. Well, I also think like the social platform for women and like the main street gal, like we've said before, like that isn't a big celebrity or maybe you know, being able to have these comfortable conversations about like real life stuff that's happening to all of us all the time or the little lessons that we've learned along the way. Um, and that women are having these conversations just not out loud a lot of times. Like, you know, we're now having these conversations and posting them and being real and sharing, you know, some of the stuff that a lot of women, like we keep sacred and we don't share, but it's okay to, to have that. Um, and to be able to share those connections and, and little nuggets, that's kind of our, our theme word, I feel like right now, um, with other women to, to better their lives and, you know, to learn to help them grow. Because at the end of the day, like if we're not teaching our young kids or girls about these traits and also empowering our friends and our fellow sisters, I mean, what are, what are we standing for? Like, what's the purpose? Like, we got to get out there and help motivate each other. That's what it's all about. Yeah. Yeah. We need to continue to build confidence in each other and make sure that that confidence and that, um, you know, kind of power from within shows up for these women because we can be deflated and there are still negative words out there coming at us and we have to just learn to, to deflect it and not accept it. Agreed. Agreed. And hopefully they don't stick around for long. <laughs> and hopefully they don't have as long of a shelf life as they have for, for some of us in our early years. I'm going to, I'm going to let that one go now. Right. Uh, you're going to, you're going to like, I'm like, gonna, I'm going to officially let it go. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, important to let those things go. I mean, I will probably always have those little voices in the back of my head saying things to me. Um, because they haven't gone away yet. <laughs> and so I don't really expect them to disappear, but they've kind of um, uh, shaped who I am and given me more confidence and fired me up along the way. So I think, I if, we, think if we give them different meaning, if we give them different power, 
yeah you're right they don't go away i can't let it go but i can i can certainly shift the power you kind of appreciate it and and not in that good kind of way but you appreciate that it happened because it fired you up to get where you're at today and um and and inspires you to continue to do the things that we need to do as women and business owners and and uh mothers and all of those things so uh, this has been really uh, enlightening to me because I had no idea that some of those experiences happened for you. And um, I don't often tell many people about the negative things that have happened to me to get me where I'm going today. So now I've told the world. Um, but I just want to say thank you to you ladies for inspiring me every day. And I hope that everyone listening will feel our uh, words of inspired and will uh, take that and move that forward and be inspiring to other women today. So thank you for joining Inspired.